Welcome to Lord and Richards Radio, a program that will enable you to become more financially independent and prosperous from a biblical point of view. Tune in each week to learn how to prosper through good markets and bad. Now, here's our host, Colin Richards, Denver's Biblical Investment Advisor. Hi, friends. I'm glad to be with you today on Lord and Richards Radio. I'm Colin Richards founder and president of Lord & Richards. We're a team of advisors who are dedicated to helping people just like you retire financially independent. And we're doing that every single day. On this show, we're discussing investing and planning from the perspective of key biblical principles, a little bit different way of looking at money. We also talk about how to use methods and strategies that will enable you to prosper through both up and down markets. And that's so important in today's volatile world. I'd love to chat with you. My team and I would love to help you talk to you about your specific questions regarding retirement and saving and investing from a biblical point of view. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence or check us out on the web at lordandrichards.com. Well, today we're going to be plunging into really a broad topic, a topic that will certainly extend well beyond the parameters of this show, but we want to try to at least give an introduction to the concept of estate planning. Now, for those of you where estate planning isn't on your radar, I want to remind you that we're in a series called Failing to Plan is Planning to Fail. And so we've arrived at the topic of your legacy, and we have good biblical instruction on the need to get a written plan in place, because you see, failing to plan for your legacy will most likely mean that money or possessions that God has entrusted to you may well end up in places you didn't intend them to go. And you know, you're a steward, right, of everything that God's put into your hands, and hopefully he's blessed you and and equipped you to do much for the kingdom through the resources and tools and talents that he's placed at your disposal. Proverbs 13.22 is our underlying principle for today's show. It says this, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I might add a good woman as well. And the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Now, I commented about women leaving an inheritance, not just to be politically correct or fair. We understand that the Bible uses the masculine to refer to both genders, but because the majority of the time, and this may come as a surprise to some of you, it's going to be the ladies who are leaving behind the wealth. You see, generally speaking, wealth winds up in the hands of women. Does that surprise you? Well, part of it has to do with life expectancy. It's just a fact that men generally live shorter lifespans than women. It's just a fact. And so a big part of planning for a legacy is also planning, if you happen to be married, for how wealth is going to pass from your hands, if you are the husband, to your wife's hands, and then on to the children and to other uh, causes that you have in mind. So, first of all, it's about leaving a legacy. It's about leaving an inheritance. Now, sometimes folks will tell me, Colin, that's just not important to me. 
because we've really worked hard for what we have, and it's primarily to make sure that we get through retirement safely and financially independent. And I say, no problem, right? The key here is to just understand that the Bible is commending the practice of leaving something behind, particularly to your children's children. That kind of sounds like you could just skip your kids and go right to the grandkids, doesn't it? (laughs) But I think what we're really talking about is a multi-generational legacy. And let's face it, the most important thing that we leave behind is a legacy of faithfulness to God, a legacy of obedience to his word, a legacy of kingdom values and of telling others the good news of what Christ has done for us. These are the greatest legacies. But it is also true that God has placed into your hands something, maybe money, maybe possessions, certainly your time and your talents, that can be used for his kingdom and glory. And do you think it makes sense, according to this verse from Proverbs 13, 22, that you should also be careful and concerned about what happens to the remainder when it passes on beyond your reach? Well, I do think so. I think where there's an opportunity to make a plan, we ought to make a plan. And where there's an opportunity to extend our stewardship beyond our own years of caretaking to the next generation, that's really a responsibility to teach and train the next generation to continue the legacy of good stewardship that you've started. So the first concept here is, are you presently doing a good job as a steward with what God has put in your hands. In the New Testament, we read by contrast, it is accounted in stewards that a man or a woman be found faithful. It's accounted in stewards that a man or a woman be found faithful, that a person is faithful as a steward. A steward means that you're not an owner, you're a caretaker, you're a manager. That's how we feel as we help our clients every single day. We're not owners of their portfolio, but it is our job to act as a fiduciary, to act always and only in your best interest, and to seek to put your interests ahead of ours. That's just morally, ethically right, but it's also a legal responsibility. And you know what? We have the same position between us and God. We are just stewards, caretakers, managers, and it's our job to be excellent at that job. And so a good steward is going to leave a legacy. They're going to plan ahead as to who's going to take care of God's resources when it's their time to leave this earth. And notice also it says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. A lot of time that gets glossed over. It doesn't get get a little bit of treatment, but I want to point out that God favors putting resources as they move into the next generation into the hands of the just. That's God's desire. Now, does that always happen? Well, we have plenty of Psalms where David is complaining at the prosperity and wealth of the wicked, right? But then he says, well, then I remembered their end, you know, and that they can't take it with them and that they've been laboring for that which is going to not get carried into eternity. So we want to be the kind of steward that considers where our assets, our money, as well as our real estate, all of these things, where these things are going to go when we've gone on to heaven. So that's our principle for today. It comes from Proverbs 13, 22. It underlies any good discussion of putting together an estate plan from the perspective of a believer. And so I'd love to chat with you about this as well as many other topics related to financial 
independence. We, we're helping people just like you every single day who are worried that events out of your control, like taxes or the solvency of Social Security or extreme volatility in the market or inflation, folks that I'm talking to are worried that those kinds of events are going to harm their retirement and thus hinder their ability to be great stewards. So what do we do at Lord & Richards? As a team of advisors, we come alongside you and we build a plan for you to achieve financial independence. That means being able to do what you love with the people that you love and to enjoy retirement without worry. That's our goal. I'd love to visit with you. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence. Or check us out on the web at lordandrichards.com. So if you're just joining us, this is Colin Richards. I'm president and founder of Lord & Richards, and I lead a team of advisors who are helping people like you every day to achieve financial independence. And we've begun a discussion of stewardship as part of our uh, Failing to Plan is Planning to Fail series. And this is our fifth installment, and we're talking about estate planning. So stewardship beyond the grave. Is Is it important? I believe it is. I think you work too hard for one thing right? To set aside the money that you've been setting aside for your own retirement to just waste it, to not be careful at the end. And you know, the natural order of things, the natural gravity that is sucking everything down really pulls your money at the end of life in one of two or three directions. First of all, taxes. Without a good solid estate plan, you're going to find that money is going to get taxed in a way that you could have avoided. And then secondly, hospitals and nursing homes. So many times without a good uh, end of life plan, money is just completely siphoned off for our care. And we've talked about that in other episodes of this show, and you can certainly look them up at our Facebook page for Lord and Richards and learn about what you can do to make sure you don't leave all your money to the nursing home. But there are great reasons why now is an ideal time to get an estate plan. And and at Lord & Richards, we're not attorneys. We're financial planners and investment advisors. But we are also grateful to have, as part of our team, an attorney that can come alongside of you and provide a a complimentary visit to our clients, those who are currently working with us, and visit about your situation and then determine whether or not you need additional documents. And at that time, should those documents like a trust or a will and so forth need to be done or redone, they're offered at a discount as a client of Lord & Richards. So it doesn't mean just, you know, we'll hand you his card. It means for those who are working with us or a part of our Lord & Richards family. So there's first of all a great reason to get an estate plan is the reality that there will be potential changes in the law, probably some likely ones. Now, the big one, the big one that we're not sure whether it's going to go through or not, we just really aren't sure how the current administration, the current Congress are going to work out how to pay for all of these voluminous multi-trillion dollar plans that just keep rolling out to try to pacify the populace, right? To, to stay popular if you're a politician. 
a lot of peas there, but <laughs> the, the reduction of the estate tax exemption targets those who want to transfer wealth from one generation to the other. And you say, oh, well, let's go ahead and do that. That's a good thing to do. Well, what about our dear friends in the farming community or the small business community? Do you realize how onerous it is when you try to transfer a business like that into the hands of your children as you pass on if there aren't some exemptions? Imagine your children have to raise money equivalent to 40% of the value of the farm just to pay the government, right? Now the government owns the farm. I don't think that's really reasonable to you. So the current reduction of estate tax exemption, it's on the table. We'll see what happens. But regardless, regardless, we currently have a law in place. Some call it the, the Trump tax code, but it was actually called uh, the the. Tax Cuts and Jobs Act 2017, and it's been in place now for several years. It's going to expire at the end of 2025. So regardless of what happens with the current administration's tax plans, we're going to see the automatic reverting back to about half of the level of exemption that we enjoy now. So we have a few years to make plans to try to pull money off of the books that would otherwise be taxed at an onerous, onerous rate. So we want to increase the estate tax from 40 to 40%. That's another one. I don't mean we want to, but the government wants to. Uh, this is a big one, and this is similar to the problem with farms and other things, is that there's an attempt to eliminate the step-up in basis at death. What this means is if you've owned a farm and, you know, grandpa paid thousand uh, dollars for it and today it's worth five hundred thousand all that appreciation is taxable normally but if it's passed on to the next generation at death it receives a step up in basis and the government very kindly says okay well we'll just assume you actually paid five hundred thousand for it so there's no tax due you say wow that's great that favors the rich no it favors small business owners farms everyone it, it, it's favorable across the board. How about if you had stock in your family, right? Somebody owned Coke, great-great-grandpa bought Coke years ago, and now it's just appreciated and appreciated and appreciated. You can pass that stock on to the next generation. So whether you're in favor of that or not, if it goes away, people need to be prepared in advance and start getting those capital gains off of the table. By the way, if the, the step-up in basis is removed, your capital gains tax is going to play in long-term capital gains, which is currently capped at 20% plus the investment surtax of 3.8, so 23.8. But proposals are out there to push this north of 40%. So we need to be doing something about it right now. Converting money from forever tax to never again tax. You're going to hear me say that like a broken record because we don't want everything you work for and dollars that could be used for the kingdom and God's glory to just get siphoned off in the natural attrition that occurs at death. Now, another reason to get an estate plan besides potential changes in the law is the weakness of a will. You say, well, I thought everybody had to have a will and it was a good idea. It is, but a will does not guarantee who's going to receive your property. It can become contested. It can be contested. Imagine a situation where at the end of life you have one child who cares for you, another one who's out of state, and you divide your estate 50-50 between the two children, and the one who did more says, well, wait a minute, I'm going to contest that because I think I'm, I'm worthy of more. But maybe you had good reasons for that. So it's a very public 
document and it's liable to be contested. It also goes through the expense of probate. Probate are just the costs of administrating that will and administrating your estate on to the next generation. And typically costs can run up to $5,000. That's a lot more than the cost potentially of just some simple additional estate documents such as a trust. So it's got pub- it, it, it's on the public record. It's visible to everybody. And you have limited ability with a will to control assets upon death. Now, again, we need a will, but it's a foundational document. It is not a complete estate plan. What if you want to leave assets to one part of the family but not the other? What if you have a blended family, you want to keep it on one side? Um, we had a client, in order to, to work things out the way they wanted, they set up a trust where the grandkids must be a full-time student or employed. So all kinds of different reasons why you may want to go beyond the weaknesses of just a will. Now, by the way, if you don't have a will, we got to get started there because we need some additional documents in addition to your will. We need to have directions as to what to do if you get deathly sick, right? We need to give power of attorney to members of the family, key documents like this. So if you're just jumping in, this is Colin Richards, president and founder of Lord & Richards, and I'm very blessed to lead a team of financial advisors who are helping people just like you every single day to meet and overcome the challenges of retirement. Because people we're talking to are worried about events going on out of their control that could upend their retirement plans. And so to be good stewards, we come alongside and help you build a plan to achieve financial independence so you can enjoy retirement without worry and be a good steward of what God has entrusted to you. I'd love to visit with you. My team and I would love to meet you and answer your questions. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence. Or check us out on the web at lordandrichards.com. So if you're just joining us, we're talking about what it means to put in place a plan for your estate based on the Proverbs 13.22 wisdom. A good man leaves a legacy and inheritance to his children's children. And we're also talking about then how to use an estate plan to fulfill your role as a steward, to use what God has entrusted to you for good, and to have a plan as to how those assets are going to pass on to the next generation. And we've just discussed the weaknesses of wills. You know, wills are completely bypassed by other assets, such as IRAs or joint tenant with right of survivorship, life insurance, transfer on death, and so forth. So a trust can help you keep all those documents going in the same direction at the end of life. It can help you to develop a plan that makes life easier for your family. I really call an estate plan an I love you document. It's an I love you document because your family's already going through grief and sorrow at the loss of someone that they love. Why add to the complexity? So here's what we need to do. We need to get in place a written estate plan, just like we get a written risk management plan in place as we work together as a team. We get a written income plan in place, a written health care plan in place, a written tax plan in place. We need a written estate plan. So we've got to get your estate plan documents in place, such as a trust, if needed, such as a durable health care power of attorney, durable financial power of attorney. You've got to figure out how you're going to treat the kids. Are you going to handle them all equally, or do you want to reward others differently? Are there 
um, children that are better with money than others. You need to include charities in the plan. If you're giving back to your church for their investment in your life or to missions organizations or other opportunities, we can help you develop that plan. And certainly, at the core, it needs to be a desire to minimize how much lands in the hands of the government and hospitals. So a first step may well be to establish a revocable trust, a trust that can be changed, where you continue to have control of your assets. One of the benefits is it's private. So you can develop a plan with a revocable trust that's private so children don't have to know how the other children are treated. You can direct the transfer of assets on death and you can simplify things for your beneficiaries. I think it's a great idea. And one of the things I've learned is if you have a home, you certainly need a trust. Now there are, there are certain kinds of deeds that you can get done. They cost almost as much as a trust to do it and you gotta continually update them. So we suggest just put the home in the trust, and then as your needs change, you change one document over the years instead of this deed and that life insurance policy and this IRA and so on. You may at some point accumulate enough wealth that you need to transfer to an irrevocable trust. Well, that's different. An irrevocable trust means that you leave off control. You, the grantor who puts the money in the trust, no longer has control, and a trustee takes control. That will allow you to avoid estate tax if done properly. And estate taxes can be onerous, 40%. And it can potentially protect from creditors because it moves assets out of your control and your estate. Then another option might be to give the money away. There are a lot of clients who are really looking to give money away before the end of life. They don't want to leave a large inheritance to their children for fear it may ruin them or damage them. I know my family has established a foundation, a nonprofit organization, and you may want to find ways to maximize your gifts to charity. Um, currently, there is no limit on itemized deductions. Uh, the peace limitation, P-E-A-S-E limitation, was repealed some time ago. Now that may come back. You can put together a donor-advised fund. We can help you with that to lump together your contributions so that you get a bigger deduction in a given year that's maybe bigger than your standard deduction. I personally like a private foundation, but it is more complex to maintain and administer. Uh, it's really easy if you have a good tax accountant. Or perhaps using this con concept, qualified charitable distributions. You know how you have to take money out when you hit 72, if you have an IRA or 401k or 403b or 457, all these tax-deferred plans force you to take money out at a certain age? Well, instead of just using it for yourself, you can use some or all of that money for charitable organizations and completely avoid taxes on that money. Money that was tax-deferred all these years can be donated right along to charity and you never pay taxes on it. So a lot of ways to give to charity. How about giving to family or friends? There's an annual gift tax exemption. You can give away $15,000 per person per year. And it doesn't reduce your lifetime limitation. We'll talk about that in a moment. So you can literally give away $15,000 here, there, and everywhere. Another way is your lifetime federal gift, estate, and generation skipping transfer tax exemption. That's a mouthful, but basically it's the same as the estate tax exemption, 11.7 million per person. If you're married, it's, you get a unified exemption of 23.4 million. And so why would you do this? Well, 
you you want to avoid leaving that money and having it subject to estate tax. You also want to avoid the 18 to 40% tax on gifts above those exemptions. So you got to be careful and you got to put together a plan. The estate and generation skipping tax to anyone 37 and a half years younger or younger is 40%. It's 40%. Now, are you above that exemption? In other words, uh, have you given, uh, do you desire to go above? You can consider what's called a perpetual trust or a dynasty trust. These are all somewhat complicated, but really easy to put in place tools with the right kind of professional assistance from a gifted and qualified estate planning attorney. And at Lord & Richards, our clients have full and free access to our attorney who's happy to meet and consult with you without cost. And then should work need to be done, certainly provide a discount to you. So we're glad to provide that service as part of the comprehensive planning. And so an estate plan, a written plan for your legacy needs to be a part of your plan for financial independence, your plan to make sure that you've got a plan in place for income, risk management, taxes, healthcare, and the estate. Well, we're talking to people about this all the time. And you know, that's what really our job is because the people we meet are worried that events out of their control like estates and taxes and healthcare are gonna somehow damage their retirement or siphon off their hard-earned money. And as good stewards, we really want to leave that money for kingdom causes and for the Lord's glory. Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I'd love to chat with you. My team and I would love to chat with you. This is Colin Richards, president and founder of Lord & Richards, and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to talk to you today about these principles on finance from God's Word. Just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-592-1040. Again, that's 720-592-1040. I'd love to chat with you about how you can achieve financial independence. Or check us out on the web at lordandrichards.com. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC.